Hi, I'm Fred Burton. Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics. I'm here today with Evan Reese, who's one of our Asia-Pacific analysts. Hello, Evan. Hi, Fred. Let's talk a little bit about North Korea. What's Trump and Kim's relationship like? Things are kind of tense at the moment. The Trump-Kim relationship is what has kept things going for the last couple years as the two countries reach out and North Korea has refrained from more provocative weapons testing. They, they seem to be getting along, though, when you see them in person. Yeah, and, and Trump in particular will insist that the relationship is very good and very strong. But under the surface, things are not going particularly well. I mean, as evidenced by North Korea's propaganda condemning the U.S. approach to talks um, and threatening to once again veer into provocative West weapons testing and insults of the president. But at the end of the day, when you start looking at our relations with North Korea, what do they really want? The bottom line point for the U.S. is to remove the threat to U.S. soil of the North Korean nuclear program. As of right now, North Korea has developed nuclear weapons. It has stockpiles, um, and it's developed ICBM technology that theoretically is capable of reaching U.S. shores. And that's the main bottom line point that the U.S. is concerned about. Secondarily, the U.S. is also concerned about its allies and disruptions in the region, uh, threats to South Korea and Japan of even conventional weapons systems, and just North Korea being a, a rogue actor in the region that could disrupt U.S. plans in general. I know back when I was an agent with the State Department, we used to be worried about North Korean-sponsored terrorism. Is that a concern today, Evan? Not particularly. North Korea has veered a lot into the cyber realm. That's where a lot of the North Korean threats are. And, and a lot of that is actually uh, related to North Korea trying to get money for the regime, trying to shore up their finances as sanctions bite deeper and deeper into the North Korean economy. They have their nuclear deterrent, or at least they say they do. Um, so veering more into terrorist actions is, is not so much in the cards for North Korea nowadays. When you look at North Korea, what other rogue nations are helping them? Well, North Korea doesn't necessarily need a lot of help right now um, from rogue actors. It has developed excellent uh, capabilities at this point. I mean, they're meeting with the Syrians. I mean, those are the sorts of people that they're interacting with, you know, other, you know, more pariah states on the international scene. Um, and I wouldn't define it as a rogue actor, but uh, China has certainly been a huge boon to North Korea in terms of economic support and the economic relationship, uh, defense on the diplomatic arena and the, the UN, uh, Russia as well in that regard. Neither of them are really rogue actors, but they're both countries that are extremely concerned about North Korean stability, have major concerns about U.S. Uh, power in the Pacific, um, and North Korea is an important country for them to shore up. When you look at this issue, though, obviously a, a nuclear North Korea uh, cannot be welcomed by South Korea. No, certainly not. Although South Korea is more concerned at this point about the sort of conventional systems that would threaten South Korea. A uh, nuclear device isn't necessarily something North Korea would use on the South, particularly given that it uh, is adjacent to the South and, and eventually wants to reunify with South Korea. But what, it does, what does concern South Korea is that North Korea's nuclear weapon makes North Korea increasingly isolated. It makes North Korea hard. It makes it hard for South Korea to move forward on reunifying long-term with North Korea, which is something that's very critical for them in order to build themselves into a more powerful nation in the Pacific. So North Korea having nuclear weapons basically makes it very hard for South Korea to maintain its relationship with the United States and then also engage in outreach to the North through economic means, which is sort of its long-term goal. When you look at 2020, Evan, what is the kind of tripwire that you're looking for regarding North Korea? What are you watching? 
Um, we're looking for North Korea to move out of the sort of short-range tests that it had started conducting back in May. It's done one medium-range test since then, uh, and it's kind of kept to its promise to President Trump, or Kim has kept to his promise to President Trump to refrain from longer-range weapons testing. So those longer-range tests would be the sorts of ICBMs that could carry a nuclear device to the United States. Once North Korea begins testing those again, the sign is that outreach to the United States is not in the cards right now. Uh, the outreach is frozen or broken, um, and North Korea veers back into its efforts to try to up the pressure on the U.S. to come to the table with a compromising stance, which means that it wants the U.S. to start peeling back sanctions. It wants the U.S. to start recognizing the North Korean actions that have been conducted so far in terms of refraining from tests and being a slightly better actor as you know enough to get those sanctions start to pull off. Do you think we'll see a Trump-Kim summit in 2020? I do not think it's out of the question. I think that it's going to ultimately come down to whether North Korea wants to sit down with Trump. Because at the Hanoi summit, the U.S. did not come to the table with enough for North Korea and the U.S. to reach a deal. Uh, They couldn't reach a compromise then. And it was a humiliating walkout uh, when Trump left for Kim. So North Korea is not going to sit down unless it has some sort of substantive guarantee that there's going to be progress and a way forward. With the U.S. elections coming up, I think it's it's likely that Trump would like to have that sort of sit-down, but the question is going to be whether the two sides can reach any sort of accord or agreement that would make that possible. Well, thank you, Evan. For more information on Stratfor's analysis on Asia-Pacific and Evan's thoughts on the region, please visit worldview.stratfor.com slash subscribe. I'm Fred Burton. And I'm Evan Reese. Thank you. Thank you.